now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys on a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys on a Mic on TalkZone.com. Game ended about 11.30 last night, but for me, I was asleep by 10 o'clock. For me, the game ended about 6.25 this morning. Watched it with a nice cup of coffee this morning, starting at about 5 o'clock from the bottom of the sixth inning on. It was baseball at its best. It's a football Friday here in the Two Guys at a Mike Show, but a lot of World Series talk sneaking in on our football Friday. One of the best games ever. One of the best games ever in World Series history last night. We'll play Beat the Schmoes, talk some football as well. David Olson, our producer, the big dog, and the coach of the two guys at a mic show. Enjoy some music, and we'll get the show started. Yes, indeed. Don't forget, we're going to play uh, Beat the Schmoes as well. Today, our football prediction game. David Olson, I want to thank uh, you, my friend. For sitting in, co-hosting with the Big Dog yesterday, I was out, uh, not, not, I was gonna say I was out and about, I really wasn't about, but I was definitely out, but appreciate you taking over, uh, in eight seconds or left, recap, uh, what did I miss yesterday, anything exciting? I don't even remember yesterday's show. <laughs> I thought I was the one with the short-term memory loss, but I heard it went well. I heard from some outsides, I heard it from a friend who, that it went, uh, quite well. It did, it did. Yeah. A scintillating variety of topics. Had a couple of call-ins. Very, very good. Any highlights? Is there a particular point of the show that uh, some of our listeners should check out? Well, uh, Brady Stiff uh, was one of the callers in yesterday, and uh, him and the big dog had a very Uh-oh. a very long conversation about Theo Epstein and what he's bringing to the Cubs. Uh, uh, and Which is well, okay, because Wednesday they're, we were... They're giddy. That's that's the best word I can put to it. They're the giddy. Two of, oh, boy. I'm not sure I want to hear that segment. The two guys giddy together Wednesday... We were actually Theo-free. Sports Talk Radio was very proud of that. So uh, when the cat's away, the mice will play. I go away, and apparently the big dog and Brady Stiff have a uh, scintillating love fest with the Theo Epstein. Well, you know what? I was getting a colonostomy yesterday, which I wasn't looking forward to. Suddenly, you know, being in the doctor's office, getting scoped doesn't sound so bad compared to Brady and the big dog talking about uh, Theo Epstein. I think we've got him on the line. Huh? Coach, I, I am sick. And tired uh, of you not wanting to talk Theo. You keep on bringing up these colonoscopies. I have never seen a man who gets a colonoscopy every two months. (laughs) I do want to thank new doctor, by the way, Dr. Neil Moeller at the Highland Park Hospital. The the other guy was sick of you coming in all the time. I will will tell you, of the three colonoscopies I have had, Big Dog, this was my most enjoyable. Well, that's nice to know. I'm glad they're getting better for you. Oh, there's a lot of ways we could go that. Too too bad it's only a one-hour show. Do you go Lionel Richie, or or do you go more like a Teddy Pendergrass when for music when you're getting your colonoscopy? I was going to go on. You don't uh, tell me very white. I was, uh, white. You know me, I'm a country guy. I think playing right as I fell off to sleep, I think it was Dolly Parton working 9 to 5. Could be wrong. Please don't tell me he was up there for eight hours. <laughs> Oh, getting put to sleep is not a bad thing, though. You know what? I'm oh, a, they knock you out for it? An anesthesiologist. Well, my previous two colonoscopies with a different doctor, they just drugged me, so I was like 80% out. So you still feel a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit of pain, but not too bad. This one, 
And again, want to thank an outstanding anesthesiologist. I forget what the guy, he looked a little bit like a young Lou Brock. If anybody could give a pictorial of that, but, uh, Lou Brock. Uh, Lou Brock was wearing a blue hat instead of a red hat when he looked a lot better. Yeah. Oh boy. You got Never that mind. right. You got that yeah, right. I'll yeah. And actually, come to think of it, the actual doctor who performed the surgery looked a little bit like Ernie Brolio. So go figure. Really? Go figure. But, uh, yeah, completely put to sleep. It's a beautiful thing. But I was like, I was like wide awake. You've heard me say this before where I try to fight to stay awake. And uh-huh. I, I keep thinking, you know, you're going to get drowsy a little bit, and then I'm fighting it, so I'm waiting for the drowsiness to hit me. I can beat this. I'm going to, you know, psychologically, I'm not going to fall asleep just for the heck of it, waiting for it to kick in, waiting for it to kick in, boom. Next thing I know, I'm waking up in the recovery room. Wow. Yeah. You know, that kind of sounds like my marriage. <laughs> About that quick, huh? Yeah, yeah and like, I medicated myself to eliminate the pain. And uh-huh. It was so quick, and it was over, and I woke up, uh, and I was like, oh, it wasn't so bad. It's almost hard to hear. It's over. It's almost hard to hear. Well, they say the closest emotion to crying is laughing, so you gotta you got to keep your sense of humor about these things, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, no, but but I do want to thank you for taking over the show yesterday with uh, David Olson, you and Brady Stiff, covering a little uh, Chicago Cub news. I previewed the show, Big Dog, by saying, uh, you know, it's football Friday, beat the schmoes, yada, yada, yada. we got to talk some baseball here at the beginning of the show. I hope, I hope that you watch this, Pup, because uh, people are calling it, and I think rightfully so, one of the better World Series games ever. Ever, ever. And, uh, Coach, I watched every pitch. It was uh, basically the first game of the postseason. I was able to watch a, a whole game. I sat my butt on the couch, and I got you know I promised myself not to sit down. I had to pause the game, got up, walked the dog for a while, came back in. Mm-hmm. What a what a freaking ball game! How the heck the Cardinals tied the game three consecutive innings and walked off in a fourth? And when they were trailing. By the way, going into that inning that they walked off, mm-hmm. I, I've never seen anything like that, Coach. Down Nobody to can, not the last out. Not the last out, but literally the last strike. Two strikes on David Freeze. The next inning, again, two strikes on Lance Bursman down to the final strike twice. Both guys come through with hits. Absolutely amazing. And the suspense, big deal. And we talked about postseason baseball, how you can kind of, you know, feed on every pitch, the intensity build. That's exactly what it was last night. It was a thoroughly enjoyable ride. And, and what about the at-bats those two guys had? David Freeze with the two strikes. Goes the other way and with the pitch away, and he lines it. You know, everybody else, if they're tensed up trying to to save the world on that pitch, they hit a ground ball to the shortstop. Yep. You know, and instead, you know, he hits a line drive to off the right field wall. And the same thing with Berkman. Kept fighting off pitches, finally got one and and flipped a you know a little liner in the center field. And if you think about it, the pressure of Albert Pujols being walked in front of you, and then your yep. season can end for the whole season. You know, I mean. That is a lot of pressure to be facing if you're Lance Berkman. No question. It's one, it's one thing if Lance, if Albert Pujols makes him out, but if he gets walked in front of you in the season end, the only reason why they put you there was to protect Albert Pujols. So it was, uh, I mean, quite that bad. He went right back up the middle, tied the game. It was good stuff. Good stuff, Coach. Incredible game. Incredible game. Yeah, fans out there, yeah, again, we'll uh, get beat the schmoes in football Friday. Coming up in a little bit, got to lead off the show with a little World Series talk. You watched last night, or if any... Sickos like myself uh, got tired, taped it, and watched it this morning. Uh, either way, you want to comment on the World Series, feel free to give us a call. Great game yesterday. 888-463-6748. The phone number, 888-463-6748. Uh, Big Dog, we talk about it often, but uh, two of the best words in all of sports. It happens tonight. And again, those words, Game 7. Yeah, Game 7. And 
And I really like Ron Washington, coach. There's just something about the Texas Rangers manager that yeah. I really like. But I'm going to tell you something. He he has put the Rangers, he really tried to, he treated the like a game seven. And if they would have won, I could come on here and be like, well, he knew what he was doing. He treated like a game seven, finished off the Cardinals well. He pitched a lot of pitchers yesterday, including guys like Derek Holland, yep. who could have started instead of Matt Harrison today. Or at least you have that backup, that second starter in game sevens, which you always want, which I think the Cardinals are probably going to do where they send Edward Jackson out there and they tell Chris Carpenter, you, you might be, you might need to be ready where we throw you for, he pitches two innings, you pitch the last yeah. seven. Everybody you know, is. So. I mean, literally everybody and, and every pitcher, I should say. Uh, each of these teams has to be ready to go. There are no rules. You defy the normal principles of baseball. It's the final game. You can rest later, including the starters yesterday. I mean, literally every pitcher has to be ready to go today. Even I mean, I would say Jaime Garcia definitely you're right. He pitched three innings. Yep. I, I know Kobe Lewis pitched six innings. Yeah. I, 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 but, but still, you if this game goes 14 innings, you might get yeah, Kobe Lewis, get up. You have you you can ice it after yeah. when you're uh, drinking beer tonight as a world champion. Speaking of which, last night's uh, classic game. Now it it ended in the eleventh inning, courtesy of a David Freeze shot to center field walk off home run to finish off one of the great games. But if that baby would have gone twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, big they both teams were out of reserves bench players. So the pitchers uh-huh. had to hit, and they were getting darn close to being out of pitchers too. Things could have got very interesting with an injury or two if that game goes three or four more innings. Oh, no, no, you're right. You know when the, the backup catcher's pinch hitting in the eighth inning? <laughs> <laughs> you know managers are really going for the jugular at that point and realizing their jugular is completely exposed when you do that. So, St. Louis uh, Cardinal pulled out some guy. I think it was his name, Doug Desenzo or some guy like oh, that. Descano. Descano. Never heard of him before, never seen him before. He comes on. He's like the fourth string backup to the backup. And the guy comes through with a clutch base hit and scores a run. Amazing. That, that was, that was, when he got that hit, I was like, that, oh, only in baseball. That guy, he'll probably have a total of 50 hits in his career. And he got <laughs> one in the, in the World Series that was so huge. I'm not kidding. I mean, that guy, Doug Descenzo is who you were thinking of as the backup. Center fielder yes. for the for the Cubs who was like five foot four yep. and legitimately had more walks than hits as a as a player as yep. a career. That, that's kind of like you, that's why you got him confused because basically he's the same exact player. What was his name? Del Porto. What was the kid's name? Uh, uh, De La Cruz. Descano. Who? Descano. God bless you. At any rate, uh, you know that's what the World Series is for. Heroes are born, and that guy became one of one of many heroes for the St. Louis well, Cardinals. Hey, go ahead, Doug. Well, talk about. The heroes that are born, if the Cardinals win tonight, David Freeze will never have. He's from St. Louis. He's a, like a local icon, and then he has one of the great greatest games a Cardinal could ever have in a in a World Series where he ties the game with a, a two-strike, two-out double when they're down two runs and then hits a walk-off home run in the same game. Uh-huh. Well, it's either Mike Napoli or David Freeze today. Yep. Whoever wins this World Series, that's the MVP of the World Series. Yeah, top it off, he made a heck of a – it wasn't a game-saving fielding play, but in the ninth or 10th extra inning, Freeze made a heck of a play at third base, too, yep. to throw out a runner. He doesn't make that play. That could open up the floodgates. And uh, the guy on the other side, Mike Napoli, who's having a uh, career series, uh, was brilliant once again, Big Dog. I think he got on all five times. 
something like a couple of walks, two singles and a double, absolutely amazing, and made a phenomenal defensive play, all with a severely injured ankle. In fact, there's some question I would think if he's going to be able to go uh, uh, this evening after the painkillers from last night wear off. Yeah, and Coach, that was a disgustingly Nasty. bad brain angle. Yep. I don't know how he stayed in the game and caught. I, that was crazy. But uh, if I believe it's go, called pharmaceuticals. If there's a 1% chance that he can go today, he's going to go, and I think he's got to go. And this might sound goofy because, I mean, it's it's the World Series, the sports, it's a, it's a, a results-driven game. But uh, the Mike Napoli almost going 0 for 4 for you is is – important to have in your lineup because right now he's mm-hmm. so hot they're going to pitch around him if he's not in your lineup other people will get uh you know will can get pitched around mm-hmm. so you need him in your in your yeah, lineup but that, but that you you've been through it before you're a man who's played at the highest level uh well almost the highest level except high school college or pro but you've seen injuries like that that does uh, the kind of injury big dog the next day that puppy can blow up and yeah, i don't know for sure but I, I would think there's a chance he might not be able to go you know, I, I know you, you sit here and bash me, and I know it's a totally different injury, but my sophomore year at McNamara College, I literally break my ankle Uh-oh. in a football game. I knew, I was like, wow, I heard it. I, think, I was like, I sprained it real bad. Tape, it, Tape up. it up. Tape it up. Well, I went and I went and I played the next week on it, practiced all week, played on it, and I was in ridiculous pain, and then we had the bye week. So my coach was like, you can, let's go to the doctor with your ankle. After I had played two games on it, it was broken. The whole entire time. Yeah. Mike Napoli is going to be playing today, Coach. It's Game 7 of the World Series. All right. Was, Keep in uh, mind, by the way, he's playing a position called catcher. There's not too many positions in all of sport that can be harder from a start to finish on a bad ankle than, than catcher. Well, not, right? well, the football and basketball players might have something to say about that, Coach. But, you, but you're right. In base, there's no doubt in baseball, yeah. a left ankle... Only for a right-handed pitcher and a uh, and a catcher would that be worse, Coach? Mm-hmm. Now you got a couple other injuries too. Matt Holiday went out of the game. I hear some sports guys talking about a pinky finger. How can he go out with a pinky? You can't grab the bat. You can't hit or throw the baseball with a uh, injured slash broken pinky finger. He made a base running mistake and slid back to third base, jammed his pinky. So we don't know if Holiday can play. And also, I think Nelson Cruz got hurt, big dog. So injuries could play oh. a part. Yeah, that's going to play a big part. And, and hey, don't take this the wrong way, Coach, because you kind of can be soft once in a while on these guys. But when Matt Holiday went out, all the momentum switched into the Cardinals' favor. Matt Holiday dropped the fly ball, was picked off, and hadn't got a big hit yet in the series. Mm -hmm. They don't even need Matt Holiday right now. He got booed about five times in yesterday's game. Every at-bat, after he dropped the the ball in the outfield, and he got picked off. Yep. Maybe Alan right Craig now. is yeah, Alan Craig yeah. clearly more of a weapon right now, more dangerous than uh, Holiday. Yes, just leave him on the bench. Okay, all all Matt Holiday has to say is my hand feels fine. I'm being benched because I'm no good. Just <laughs> so he could be, yeah. just so he could be a possible weapon off the bench, as just like okay. uh, you know, have him stand on the top steps of the dugout so they don't bring a lefty in. That's all Matt Holiday needs to do for the Cardinals. Okay, tonight. but you are not implying because uh, you know there could be some members of the Holiday family listening to this. Uh, Particular program, you're not implying that he took himself out of the game yesterday. I mean, he, that was a legit no, no, injury. I'm not, no, I'm not saying that. It looks right. like he really did hurt his yes. hand yesterday when he slid back into third base, getting yep. picked off yep. by Mike Napoli. With the bases loaded. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, that was kind of an important play, Coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> looked like it might have cost him, but as a matter of fact, Matt Holliday's probably the happiest guy, happiest guy around. 
that the Cardinals came back and won. Otherwise, he would have been the GOAT. But uh, just a phenomenal game. And Big Dog, we talk about it all the time. And you're a sports purist in any uh, profession. You love guys that, you know, refuse to quit. Sounds cliche and everything. Don't give up. Battle to the last out. And you can say what you want about Tony LaRusse's St. Louis Cardinals. But that's exactly what they did last night. They fought. They scratched. They clawed. Texas did not lose the game. They were there to win it. The Cardinals somehow found a way. You have to respect that resilience uh at the the fringe of elimination. No, 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 no. You're you're exactly right about everything you said, except the fact when you said the Rangers didn't lose the game. I, I'm just I'm just going to say that was a phenomenally great game in terms of entertainment. That was extremely poor play baseball. Five errors. How many times did you see uh, cutoff men missed yesterday, Coach? Yeah. So just just throwing it out there as as a, a baseball purist, like you called me. I'm going to just smile and say it's just kind of weird in game six, the two best teams in baseball played an extremely sloppy baseball game yesterday. Flat out. How many honored runs were there in that game? So uh, it just kind of it happens. And watch, tonight, game seven, we will probably be errorless and play perfectly. It's just the way baseball is. It's just you got to shrug your shoulders every once in a while. A routine ground ball isn't always routine as well. Yeah, well, especially like what was the one to the pitcher that could have been a double play ball. He fumbled that and set up a potential beginning for the St. Louis Cardinals. So you're right. Even the uh, in a game seven with that kind of pressure, even the easy ground ball is not automatic. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, we'll yeah, we'll see. Yep. Now, uh, pitching wise, we got starting tonight. What's the kid's name? Is it Matt Harrison? Yeah. The the Rangers are going to go with Matt Harrison. Okay. And and last night when they when Ron Washington brought in Derek Holland to mm-hmm. give them a couple innings where they had the lead, you know what? I was like, okay, he's going for the win today. And it's easy to you know second guess somebody, but I was saying at the beginning I would save him because just in case there is a game seven, it would just be really easy for the Rangers to go out there and be like, all right, we, Matt Harrison, you go out there, you're our starter. Derek Holland, if he has any problems, you're coming in, and we want you to give us starter. Type innings. Mm-hmm. Derek Holland, the last time he pitched, was untouchable. Gave up a home run though yesterday, which was the, ended up being a huge, huge play later on in the, in the game. If you think about it, and he threw one right down the middle of the plate for the home run. So mm-hmm. to, to ask the kid to come in and uh, to, you know, to get a hold, mm-hmm. asking a lot for a guy that basically has never been a reliever. See, I had a, a slightly different thought process than you, but I, I was actually thinking more of that game only, and I thought he was pitching pretty well. And, uh, you know, when until he pitched, gave up the home run, he was pitching great until he gave up the yeah. home run. Yeah, he, he was throwing hard. He looked comfortable. A lot of the relievers did not look comfortable. Derek Holland looked like he was in his zone. Now, he's a guy that could pitch. He, well, he pitched to maybe two innings yesterday. He could come back today and pitch three, four innings. Yeah, I, I don't know, Coach. Just for the simple fact that he's been a, a starter his whole major league career. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know about his minor league career. Has he ever pitched in back-to-back days? That's 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 big for people. So it, yeah, you might say, yeah, we can get innings out of him, but is he going to be any good? Who cares if you can get innings out of him because of three runs in the inning he pitches? So uh, that's that's the one thing you and the, the, as Ron Washington and Tony Larusa, I'm sure Tony Larusa has figured this out. He's been around so long, and Ron Washington, this is his second deep into the postseason as you can go. He has to find out which one of his pitchers are liars and which ones aren't. <laughs> because I guarantee you, right? Because I, I don't care what was wrong with me, Coach. If one of those managers came to me and was like, "Can you? How much can you give me, Ted? Like as much as you need, Skip." Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't matter. So he's got to figure out which one of those guys are lying to him. Mm. Got to be fun to watch. Cardinals win it yesterday on the break of elimination again, twice down to their final out, down to their final strike. They find a way to get it done. 
two times in a row. Freeze in the ninth inning. Lance Berkman gets the hit in the tenth inning. Absolutely unbelievable. And then Dave David Freeze with the walk-off homer in the eleventh. A classic World Series game. Game seven tonight. Big dog should be fun. I love what you put on your Facebook page, by the way. The Joe Buck home run call to end the game. Uh, did you do you realize that I put that on? I don't normally do that kind of stuff, Coach. And Facebook was up, and I legitimately wrote that on my Facebook within 30 seconds. I said it immediately, and I was like, well, I've had it on Facebook. It's up. So, uh, well, tell, tell the fans awesome. that are not your friends. I know you got a lot of friends, but that are not on Facebook, what did you put up there? What did Joe Buck say? Uh, uh, basically, one of the greatest calls in the history of baseball, and I mean this, folks, is and I had said this to one of my buddies earlier in the day. That's why it hit me so easily. Was in 1991, Kirby Puckett, the late Kirby Puckett, if he wasn't growing up in a woman, he was a pretty decent, decent dude, hit a walk-off <laughs> home run in game six yep. against the Atlanta Braves to force the game seven. And as the ball flies into the left center field bleachers, uh, uh, one of the greatest announcers of all time, Joe Buck's dad, uh, it basically just says, and we'll see you tomorrow night. I mean, isn't that awesome? I mean, it's just, I just love that call. And yesterday, as David Freeze hit a walk-off home run to center field for the St. Louis Cardinals, Joe Buck just borrows exactly out of his dad's page, and we'll see you tomorrow night. I just thought it was perfect. Nicely and done. You know how much I like Joe Buck? Yep. I don't. So uh, it really must have been a really good call in my eyes if I'm putting it on Facebook. So that was awesome, Coach. Awfully good. Joe Buck uh, and Tim McCarver doing the game. I was surprised afterwards, uh, the commentators – for Fox Sport, you got a Chris Rose, you got a uh, Eric Karros is very good. AJ Persinski, AJ getting a big time call for an active player. I didn't know. I knew AJ was doing some some media stuff, but I didn't know he was front and center on the Fox games. Well, yeah, he's been he's been doing stuff for them uh, all postseason, Coach. And I'm going to tell you this flat out right now, he's really good. He is excellent. Yeah, uh, he's he's. This is what. People don't like A.J. Krasinski now. A lot of people are on baseball. Well, players are definitely not going to like him, and fans are really going to appreciate him because watching A.J. Krasinski do this, I've been absolutely shocked about how willing he is to actually tell the truth and throw a throw a player under the bus and, and actually say, oh, that guy isn't doing it right. So he's going to be good at that, Coach. Uh, you know, I've heard him on radio a lot, and I thought he was very, very good. He's got potential. I didn't realize he was uh, getting that much of a, a – um you know, star power ride is right. You know, the, one of the main guys in the Fox post game show, which normally I don't watch, but of course I had to stick around for some, uh, you know, the adrenaline was still flowing. I was watching this morning, big dog, beautiful thing about five o'clock in the morning on the uh-huh. uh, couch. Everything's quiet in the house, coffee drinking. Believe it or not, you ready for this? What's five that? o'clock in the morning, both kids already out of the house and at school. NBC has the uh, whatever it is the early morning show, whatever their show is called, and they have a, uh, during the high school football season they go to one particular school for the morning pep rally, I think they call it, or their fr- uh, their Friday morning dance. And so I we got apparently you. got selected, so they got the whole marching band, the cheerleaders, the entire school there at five in the morning. So God bless them for getting out. But, yeah, I was watching the game. My peace and quiet uh, ended about 6.30 in the morning. Very, very excited. Uh, well, that's, uh, that's the way to watch a, a live sporting event is the next day. In the, in the, now, did you know who had won? No. 
I watched okay. the sports report as I was falling asleep. Mike Adamley gives me a uh, at the end of the sports report, and it's not over yet. But the Texas Rangers look like they're going to win their first World Series ever. As the uh, at the end of the eighth inning, the score is seven to five. So I did know it was that far. So I kind of anticipated, but I'll you know watch just in case. Well, glad I watched. Yeah, it was definitely worth watching, Coach. Yeah. Who the game or Mike Adamley? Uh, well, I gotta tell you something. That guy's dreamy. That's exactly <laughs> what I was talking about. His chin, his hair. Now, Got if I had Mike Adamley's hair, yes. I, I would have been. Everything would have worked out for me already. Guy doesn't age. He must be fifty late or uh, close to fifty, and he still oh, looks like he's about twenty-eight years old. He won. It was either the nineteen seventy or nineteen seventy-one silver football as yep. the Big Ten MVP. Great that running was back. Years ago, he was a great running back for my uh, beloved Northwestern Wildcat. My point is he's in his 60s. And uh, wow. as a matter of fact, no, 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 no. correction. He's in his 60s. Wow. Six, mm-hmm. 62. That's unbelievable. He yeah, looks fantastic sense. for 62. Because yeah, he's the, the, the Big Ten Conference MVP in seven years, 71. You know, that's 40-something years ago. Yeah, so he's, that's, wow. He, by the way, Jason Rosenberg, one of the, the American most wanted deadbeat hosts with me, mm-hmm. notes him and swears that he's, He's like, he's got to do plastic surgery. It's impossible. Because <laughs> so, Jason Rosenberg does a bunch of plastic surgery. Uh-huh. He's constantly getting, like, stuff sawed off of his face and, and, uh, and then, like, more bone added on somehow. I'm not uh, sure how they do it. Sounds like fun. Yeah, and that's what I said to him. So he's the prettiest guy I know. All right. Big deal. we got to get ready for Football Friday. But suffice it to say, we'll take a quick break and then get into the Football Friday. Game 7 coming up. Going to be awfully exciting. Last night's game, a classic. We talked about how baseball in the World Series has kind of uh, faded from the kind of water cooler conversation from people's minds, but that it's still a great game. And I think last night reminded us, and really the whole World Series, even though no one's been watching, just about every game has been uh, great entertainment, great baseball. It's just too bad not enough people are watching. Yeah, even the, the the sixteen seven game that the Cardinals had because it ends with like nine runs in the last three innings and they're all driven in by Albert Pujols, who by the way only has one hit yes. that wasn't in that game three where he went five for six. So yep. Albert Pujols is the is the sleeping giant for the Cardinals right now. Mm-hmm. And even in that slump, they still decided to intentionally walk him. And I think it was a good move. Phenomenal game. It did cause me to have a disturbing dream though because uh, around two thirty last night. Woke up, big dog, still from the adrenaline of, uh, well, what am I talking about still? You know, the game hadn't been played yet, but because uh, I was watching in the morning, but looked over at my wife. Middle uh-huh. of the night, couldn't get back to She looked just a little bit like St. Louis Cardinal backup infielder Nick Punto. I got to tell you something. I, I, I can't stand that Nick Punto guy. There's just something about yep. him, Coach. That, yep. that's, I'm, normally, I, I consider you a lucky man for some of these uh, images that you get. Cause Friday... <laughs> Variety without cheating is is, yeah. a, is a good thing. Okay, <laughs> let that be a lesson for all the young for all the young kids out there. Variety without cheating. I like that. Very philosophical and it has a a, a two tiered tone to it. I like that. Very nice. It was a long night for me, Big Dub. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, but I like you know sometimes I could I could afford to the boat you know, but I don't know about the Nick Punto one. That, that one. <laughs> That's why it was a long night. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back. Beat the Schmoes football predictions. Football Friday coming up. NFL collegiate football. More fun to come. Big dog and a coach. Quick break. Don't go anywhere.
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic back at you in a beautiful football Friday. Looking over, I'm going to get to the NFL in just a bit. We'll do our Beat the Schmoes football predictions. You want to call in your predictions or make some comments on the football weekend that is about to be upon us. Feel free to give us a call, 888-463-6748. Any three games, high school, college, or pro against the spread. You beat the Schmoes, you are in the drawing, at least, for a highly valuable cash Prize here from our good friends at the talkzone.com. Big dog, and there hasn't been, it's sort of like the World Series, a little bit quiet this weekend at college football. But as I look over the slate, I think there's a lot of, if not national championship implication games, I think there's a lot of really good, intriguing matchups. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. I always feel there's a bunch of intriguing matchups around college football. There's a lot on the West Coast. Uh, and, and, and in the Big Ten, those are where they're, I think the big, the biggest games are this. What, what are you looking at? Coach? Well, I, I like uh, Stanford at USC. I think that's, uh, you know, an outstanding game. USC, I was very impressed with in their win over Notre Dame. Matt Barkley and who's their receiver? Robert Woods? Oh, that Robert, Rashawn Woods. Excellent coach. Awfully Phenomenal. Good. Yeah. Can yeah. you say NFL with that guy? And then they got a running back five feet, five inches tall with, and his legs are about three feet wide. Very tough to catch. But that should be a good game. Stanford really uh, had a couple close games, but pretty untested. So that's their biggest uh, game of the year. Clemson and Georgia Tech. I want to see Clemson get tested. I think that's going to be a good game. How about Tennessee? The poor yeah. volunteers. They got through. What are their last two games have been? What LSU and Alabama? Yes, coach. And yeah. now they got they, and they got South Carolina tomorrow. Uh, that's why I really Tennessee is a three. Uh, no, the three and a half to four point underdog, and I'm looking. I'm going to find out what it is. I really like Tennessee there. South Carolina is going to feel like a walk in the park compared to what they've had to go through the last two weeks. Interesting. Seriously, they're going to be like we're not getting molested every time we try try to go past the line of scrimmage. Uh-huh. So, so there's two good. two schools of thought on that for the better. Psychologically, you know, some would take the glass half empty and say psychologically they're just so beaten down from those two games in a row, physically and mentally, that they got nothing left for South Carolina. I like your approach, though, is that, hey, at least we get some competition that's just a little bit easier than, uh, you know, the studs of Alabama and LSU. I, I could see Derek Dooley talking to his uh, to his wide receivers, being like, well, their DBs run uh, run four fives. Really, four fives? Well, LSU's defensive linemen run four fives. So it's a little different in terms of speed when you're talking South Carolina and LSU's defense. So. A little different. Again, not national implications, but I think one of uh, interesting curiosity to watch, the Naval Academy taking on uh, Brian Kelly's somewhat first-staunched Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Well, uh, I'm sure they'll come up with another excuse about why they lost this this particular week. 21-and-a-half-point favorites, yep. Notre Dame. Obviously, they should take care of business. This is one of those – Brian Kelly, I don't think there's a player in that locker room that enjoys playing football for him. That's a problem. You know, and, and wasn't that whole thing where it was like, we're going to bring the joy, the pride you have of playing at Notre Dame back. That was Brian Kelly's, like, initiative. Well, you know what? That might be what you want to do. But when you're choking the kid and slapping him in the face, <laughs> and you say, you better not play football here. It doesn't seem to work, it, does it, Coach? It tends to hinder your uh, creativity as a player just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah, they got quarterback issues. Uh, you know, I love Tommy Reese, underdog story, kid out of Lake Forest, not – Fully convinced 
he's the answer. At times, he looks pretty good. They got quarterback issues. They got defensive issues. No problem with their skill position players. Those guys are pretty good. And as you said, they may have some coaching issues. Interesting, too. They're getting a little blame. And I, I was watching where they didn't call timeouts as the USC team was driving late in the game. The USC was up two touchdowns. Yes, it, it was 31-17 at yeah. the time. And there was about four and a half yes. minutes to go in the game. And USC was showing no sign whatsoever of doing anything but getting in their four-minute offense right. and trying to run the clock out, Coach. Yep. And and I thought Big Dog watching, and I'm like, why aren't they calling time? Are they, oh, they must have called timeouts earlier. They're out of timeouts. And I, and I read afterwards, no, they weren't out of timeouts. So they're getting some flack for that, and it sounds like you would say rightfully so. Uh, coach, there is no way I I ever, ever as a coach go out without a bullet on so many different levels. One, for the simple fact that, First of all, you got to try to win. You play to win the game, right? And that's what you need to do. You need to call your timeout to try to get your team a couple more chances to, to strip the ball out of there. And number two, how could you ever, ever even give the notion to the team that you lead and coach that you did not care enough to try to win a football game? Honestly, well, yeah, we don't have a chance, guys. You guys are obviously overmatched by this USC team. We're down 14 points in the fourth quarter, and we're not going to try to stop them and yep. get the ball back. That's disgusting. Yep. Now, now, there is part of the coaching instincts is you have to know there are times when hey, you know, you're know you beat and you got to pack it in, no reason to call timeouts. You're down even 21 points or 24 points maybe. So it's not like you know yes. never. If it was 17 points or more, I, I understand, yes. Coach. Yes, I do. I understand. Okay. You're okay. right. But if it's 16 or less, I'm a, I don't yeah. care what time is left in the game, you stop them, you score, you convert, uh, onside kick, and you go back down and you yep. score again. Otherwise, if you don't have that thinking, get out of the sport. Yep. Okay? Go, go, go become an accountant where the results are automatically, uh, figured out already. You just, I mean, mm-hmm. they're already there. You just have to figure them out. Okay? That's, don't get, don't play football. Don't yep. be a football coach if you don't want to try to win in, in those situations. Another interesting collegiate football game. Talk a little football Friday. Get to the NFL in just a second. Make our beat the schmoes football <laughs> predictions highly anticipated, but they're rarely, rarely successful. Yes, big deal. I think Wisconsin going into Ohio State is one of the biggest games of this weekend because if you look at the story of these two teams this season, I mean, it's first of all, how does Wisconsin uh, come back from that devastating loss that they had at Michigan State, which is one of the yep. most thrilling games in the in the history of the Big Ten? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, you know, how good is Ohio State now that they've they've gotten four of their suspended players back, and and one of those players, Mike Adams, is the best offensive lineman in the game of football outside of that kid from USC. So, yeah, I think there's one of the biggest games of the weekend. Yeah, so, I, and that's at Ohio State, I think, right? Yes, it is. So. It's, a, it's a night game. And, uh, so uh, we have one good night game this week. The, the mm-hmm. great night game we're all looking forward to is obviously next Saturday, but that should yep. be a pretty good. And I think uh, that that's part of the reason you're talking about LSU-Alabama, the game of the century, the game of the millennium, whatever people are calling it. But uh, that's in part why people are overlooking this weekend of college football. And as I started to go down the slate, because I was kind of one of those guys that hadn't anticipated as much as normal, but I started looking at the game, and there's some pretty good games. Uh, yeah, Wisconsin at Ohio State is a great match. Similar to Notre Dame, the Buckeyes got some quarterback issues, too. Their, their defense, awfully good. They got their running back back. What's the kid's name? Dan, uh, Dan Heron. Bam Heron. And, I mean, that kid is 
a Boom. very good college running back. No yes. matter what, he gets five yards every time, Coach. He runs downhill and makes sure that the yep. chains are moving for Ohio State. That when when he came back against Illinois, I knew Illinois was, yep. was playing a totally different Ohio State team than everybody else had played previous this season. No, no question. So. But they're they're their quarterback and their passing game. That's the big question for them. That'll have to come through against Wisconsin. How about uh, Illinois? You're uh institution in a significant slump now, losing two games in a row, including at Purdue. I think one of the better matchups of the Saturday, they are at Penn State. Still a lot of people don't believe in Penn State at 6-1. I think this is a very interesting matchup, Big Dunk. Now, uh, the people who don't believe in Penn State are people who think that preseason predictions are 100% correct all the time, okay? Because this Penn State team is obviously dramatically better than we thought. And if you ask Alabama, and if you look at Alabama's schedule, who's the only team so far this year to actually play Alabama tough? They went down to Alabama, and they only, they only lost like 24-3, and it was a tough game. Mm-hmm. I only lost 24-3. That's, I mean, that's pretty ugly with one team scores 88% of the points. But Penn State's a lot better than people think, and they're, they're going to be yeah. an awfully tough game, and I do not like Illinois whatsoever in this game. Illinois has played with their tail between their legs for the for the last eight yeah. quarters. Okay. They they lose this game and they'll start. Um, I won't say spinning out of control, but the downward spiral is going to be picking up momentum. I'm not as how, convinced with you on Penn State, by the way. How about uh, Illinois needs to learn how to adjust? Well, I'm not saying that uh, Penn State's great or anything like that, but they'll be able, they'll be able to hang close to Wisconsin mm-hmm. coach. They got a they'll heck be, of a running back too, right? Wisconsin. This kid uh, kid Silas Red. Oh, okay, yes. Woo, he's tough. Now, going back to Illinois, Coach, yep. what Illinois needs to do is if be able to adjust. Teams have done the same things over and over again this year and been successful. I can't stand that. Like, you need to be able to, to tell your team, hey, they're doing X, so because they're doing X, we need to go Y. Because what happens, I mean, it happens definitely in the NFL because – like whatever you think your game plan is is totally wrong because of what the other team has done, so you have to adjust your game plan. Illinois has been horrible this year mm-hmm. on the college level of adjusting to what other teams have done. So, yep. and, yep. and you know what was, you know what Penn State's going to give you, coach. You totally know what you're going to get when you're playing a Joe Paterno type team. They have nine offensive plays, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> they run the same thing over Which is and over. One again. one more than your flag football team, I think, in the Aurora Park District. By the way, we're excellent this year, Coach. What's that? We're excellent this year. You should see our pass rush. It's tenacious. <laughs> two other quick games. we got to get to the NFL and beat the smoke, but i got to bring these two games up because I think they're good ones. One, Michigan State at Nebraska. Again, this is a pretty good weekend of college football. Nobody's talking about this game. And then um, Oklahoma State and Baylor. Oklahoma State still a potential national championship contender. Undefeated the over on this game, Big Dog Baylor and Oklahoma State is what about a hundred? No, no, honestly, it's got to be seventy-five. Really, it's got to be seventy-five. Let me find out what it is, Coach, because uh, I would have to say, where's that game at? I think it's at uh, Oklahoma State, I believe. Yeah. Well, if it's at Oklahoma State, yep. they're good, they're at least a fourteen-point uh, favorite. Yep. But, I mean, but Baylor, ba- basically, Baylor's defense can't stop anybody. So Oak State's going to get 40-some-odd points. And Baylor's okay. offense, hard to see. it's going to be like a 45-28 game. Oklahoma State is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite, and the over-under is 79-and-a-half. I've never <laughs> seen one that high in my entire life. I, honestly, Coach, I've never seen 
They got to score eighty. So <laughs> they have both teams have to score forty in order to get the over under. Are you serious? Because you you've been following um, college football and some of the betting lines for many and many a year. That's as high as you've ever seen for an over. I I can never remember an seventy because it's seventy nine and a half. And at, at, at them as a 14 point favorite, they're predicting. So what you do is you just go 80, so 40 each, and then the 14 is a seven on each side. So they're predicting a 47 to 33 game is the betting line in Vegas is what they're predicting. They're basically all the They wager they're going to score 47 points. That doesn't happen very often. And this is, that's the average that they're going off of is 47. <laughs> oh, that's, goodness. I'm, I'm glad telling you. Brought that up, Coach. It's, that's a, thank you. It's, a great, it's a great weekend of college football. Yeah. Real quick, Michigan State at Nebraska. These are two powerhouse ball clubs as well. Another great game. Yeah, that should be a really good game. And, you know, Michigan State, see if they can carry the momentum. So, you know, what happens is after a win like that, you got to see. How does Wisconsin react when they're thinking national champion? And all of a sudden, the Hail Mary knocks them up. Do they realize that being the Big Ten champion and going to the Rose Bowl is a pretty significant and great thing to do? So, you know what I mean? So, we'll see if they have that type of attitude. Mm-hmm. And what's happened to Michigan State, who basically puts a, a present in their lap of being able to beat the Badgers because the, you have a backup quarterback playing wide receiver has a ball land in his hand. Mm-hmm. You know, so do they take that momentum? And go into Nebraska and get it done by, you know, beating somebody the ugly Michigan State way like 23 to 16. Or, you know, or have they partied all week and, and been like, wow, we just got a gift, mm-hmm. gift game. And this is big because Nebraska's in their division, which is the Legends division, I think. The Legends or, and the Leaders. Uh, the Michigan State, we should add, uh, has had a tendency the last three, four years to have a drop off. Second yeah, half of the they, season. They, they're like the New York Giants, too, Coach. Yep. You know, like the New York Giants, they lost to the Dolphins. You know, they lost to the Seahawks at home when the Seahawks didn't get a first down the week before. Michigan State's also been known for that. So watch out. Michigan State could have a great team. And then, like, you're mm-hmm. exactly right. Like, in late October, they end up losing to Indiana. So uh, be careful if you're a Michigan State fan. Okay, NFL predictions here. Be I should say, beat the smallest football predictions. You can pick any of the college games we just talked about. Uh, you can even pick a high school game. We're the only show, I believe, nationally, possibly internationally, Big Dog, that will put point spreads on high school games. You can certainly pick pro games, any three games against the spread. It's kind of a weird weekend, dog, because uh, for the Chicago Bear fans here on a Sunday, it's bye week, and it's kind of odd because, you know, you walk around the city – on a Sunday when the Bears aren't playing, and people, how do you describe it? People are kind of in a daze. They kind of had the same look that our assistant producer Randy Myers had when he returned from his overnight Cub Scout trip with about eight or nine eight-year-olds over the weekend. It's a, it's kind of a weird feeling, isn't it, on Sundays in late well, October when the Bears aren't playing? Well, I just want to let you know that my picks are sponsored by something to do this particular Sunday during the Bears' bye week. Okay. You got a sponsor for your picks now. Yes, I do. This wow. Week, uh, and my sponsor is Joel Redwanski and his haunted tour this Sunday at 530, the Montgomery Ward building in the city of Chicago. That mm-hmm. would be Chicago Avenue and the Chicago River. Go to the Montgomery Ward building, folks. And please go to the Riverside. Don't be an idiot. Make, have me make fun of you. Okay. I was trying <laughs> to find your River Kayak tour and I couldn't find it in the building. Well, it's either on the street side or the Riverside, folks. So please go to the Riverside. And coach, it's 
If you call me at JoeRedWanski at Yahoo.com, I'll give you a deal before you go ahead. And these things are going fast. 5.30, what, what day? Uh, this Sunday, October 30th. It's okay. a haunted tour. Cool. Coach, I've written up half of it, and uh, I did tell uh, one of the tales to somebody, and they were like, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. It totally freaked them out. Freaked and you wrote, this, so. uh, you, you wrote this pretty much yourself. It's basically, uh, I'm writing this just, uh, just to impress the person I'm in hot pursuit of. For the ah. reason I did it, Coach. Lily the Lilac. Yep. yep. Just to... Uh, and, and plus, I owe her money, too. Mm-hmm. So, did you, you take... I mean? it was, I, 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 I'm back in the gambling again, Coach. Uh-oh. And uh, I, I, hopefully she doesn't break my leg. Did you take Lily the Lilac's picture off your Facebook page? Because many of our listeners were trying to find it and were unable to. Nobody cares about the two guys in a mic show, but many were looking for the visual of a Lily the Lilac. Oh, it's still, it's still up on my, on my okay. Facebook page. That's what I tried to tell our angry emailers. I'm, I'm taking a lot of heat on your behalf, Big Duck. <laughs> oh, they probably thought it's on the two guys in a mic. Uh, you know, whatever. It's just, I all I know is I, I deflect a lot of ammunition coming your way. You don't realize. I, I try to keep you happy and healthy and separated from some of the, uh, some of the ozone that we pick up here at thetalkzone.com. But, you know, you're, you're a valuable commodity. We got to keep you. You know, I'm like a coach. I want you being creative as a quarterback. I don't want to. I don't want to be wringing your neck every time you come off the field. Okay. Well, I, I would hate to say that for some reason my my personal life has become a uh, has a, a major commodity for information and and segments on this particular yeah. show. Apparently, it has. Yeah. So not sure what that, that says about our show, but apparently, or your social life, but apparently it has. Now yeah. you know, looking down the NFL slate of games and. Um, Again, beat the Schmoes. We'll make our predictions well, here in a minute. That's As a, my point. During the Bears' bye week, Coach, if, if you are a man this week, you've got to take advantage of this, and your girlfriend, your wife doesn't know that it's the bye week, Coach. This is when you say, hey, that thing you wanted to do on Sunday, you want to go out to the Morton Arboretum, let's do that. Yep. You do it this week, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, he loves me. He's <laughs> giving up football for me for one day. She doesn't have to know you're not missing a Bears game. Even wear a Bears jersey. Feel like it doesn't matter. But does that oh, mean? Just want to know the score. Don't worry about it. I'll turn my phone off just for you for the next couple hours. Does that mean I'm, the big dog will be antiquing in Geneva this weekend? Uh, no. I and luckily for me, I have to work instead. Ah, I will okay. not be. Yeah, and trust me, I do my antiquing in August. So <laughs> Why is that? Before football. That's before football season starts. Ah, I can. Okay. I can miss the Cubs getting swept by the Astros in mid-August. That doesn't bother me so much. Okay. Uh, so that's antiquing in February. You, you got to take advantage yeah. of weekends in February. Better, especially you better change, change your antiquing plans now. The Cubs got Theo. October is going to be, uh, or August will be significant once again. But, you know, looking down the slate of NFL games for this week, it's actually a good a good weekend to go antiquing. As, as intriguing as the college football matchups are for NFL, like a sack of milk duds here. I can't find a game. You know, I guess the Patriots at the Steelers. But it's really as colorless a weekend of NFL football as, as I can remember, quite frankly. Yeah, and, and you know, you're right because, like, the big game is basically two teams trying to survive, to have their season stay on the respirator, which is uh, the Cowboys and the Eagles. Yeah, that's that's a good one. You know, I know, Coach, that you don't like the must-win, but considering it's not the Chicago Bears, can we throw must-wins yep. on other teams around the league? No, I uh, agree with you. Win? That's that. That's a good game. Two teams that were expected to have much better records, they don't. But you're right, it is a good game because it's a must-win for both. It's kind of like a, I know no one's eliminated officially, 
let's be honest with you. Where is the loser in the Cowboys-Eagles game in terms of making the playoffs? I mean, that's, that's, they got like a 5% or less chance of getting in. So mm-hmm. that is a playoff game in the middle of, or late October in the NFL. Yep, no question about it. All right, beat the Smoes. Any three games, dog, you are uh, the reigning heiress here, our most valuable commodity. Typically, more often than not, we let you make the choice. You feel like... Uh, Leading no, no, off no, no, today? No, no, let's, let's, let's face it. Let's face it. This year, uh, it's David Olson, who's either 16 and 5 or 5 and 16, or 15 and 6. And I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I, he, he's the hottest commodity right now. I know I've had a couple of good years, but right, 13 and 11 right now is barely making people money. So we, we've got to lead off with the one and only David Olson. Well, I don't know if we lead off. We, we give David the choice and the coin flip. You want to go one, two, I, or three? I, I'm going to back clean up this week. That cleanup. Okay, so dog, you can go to the one or two spot. I'll take either one. Uh, I'm going to do number two, coach. Okay, <laughs> I beg your pardon. Yes, exactly. That's, <laughs> looking at your predictions the last three weeks, that's exactly what you've been doing. I know that's what I was making yeah. fun of myself. But coach. prior to that, by the way, prior to that, you started off the season awfully good, three and zero, two uh-huh. one, two one. Yet another three and zero mixed in there, and again beat the schmoes. We're picking against the point spread, so uh, that's pretty impressive. I'm going to win this week, people. Okay going to win this week. All right, real quick, beat the schmoes. I will uh, go in the leadoff spot. And, again, my confidence level excitement for this weekend limited, but I will make the pick Miami Dolphins at the New York Giants. Dolphins are getting 10. New York Giants seem like the type of team, big dog, just when you think they're going to roll, that they kind of roll over, if you will. I'm going to take Miami. 0-6. It's all about pride. 0-6. Tony Sperano is going to get them playing for pride. Not even sure if they win the game, but maybe they play it close. I'll take the Dolphins plus the 10 against the Giants. I'm going to do a similar philosophy in the New Orleans Saints at the St. Louis Rams. It's all about pride, Big Doug. you got to suck it up. You're 0-6, but you're an NFL player. You're getting well paid. I think the St. Louis Rams at St. Louis got the whole Cardinal effect going. The baseball fans, maybe a little bit of the enthusiasm. You you kind of going with me here? Uh, no. Okay, but, thank yeah, you. I, I understand where you're going. <laughs> But I'm not in that vehicle. Okay. I'm going to take the St. Louis Rams in an upset. I'm going to take 13 and a half points. I'll take all those 13 and a half, by the way, over the New Orleans Saints. And then finally, the really the only game that I feel very confident. Some games, some weeks there's five, some weeks there's three. This week, really only one. But my sure bet, my lock of the week, big dub, the Seattle Seahawks getting three at home against the highly overrated Cincinnati Bengals. Minus Cedric Benson. While the Bengals are favored traveling uh, a three-hour flight across the country, yep. that sucks. That's, so that makes sense. Yep. I like that. that. That's that, that's a solid a home dog, but that's I mean that's good. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. So there you go. So, By the way, I've got uh, what do I have here? Uh, four out of the last five weeks, two out of three, two and one. So I'm on a semi-hot streak. All right, dog, you're um you're up. You're the two hitter. Uh, advance the runner, if you will. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go two out of three this week. Now, uh, I go on VegasInsider.com, fellas, and, you know, one thing that I've noticed about about these spreads, I crack up how we'll have different spreads for the same games that we pick. Yep. You know, and usually we try to make it advantageous yeah. towards ourselves, which I can understand. It's beat the so Schmoes. We, we write our own rules on Beat the Schmoes. Well, just, just, just throwing it out there. Look at Vegas Insider. Now, uh, Tennessee's half of them are three-and-a-half-point underdogs. The other half are four-point underdogs. Whatever. So Make I, your pick. I, okay, I'll go Tennessee plus the three and a half. I think they're going to win the game. They don't even need that extra hook. Who are they playing? They're playing South Carolina, who is without Marcus Lattimore, who is their best player. 
And uh, I just cannot believe the Steve Spurrier team cannot throw the ball whatsoever. They have one of the worst passing games in the country, even though they have Ashawn Jeffrey, who's incredible, and they can't get the kid the ball. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take Tennessee plus the three and a half. Okay, very good. Okay. Now, uh, going into the, the game at the horseshoe, you got Ohio State and Wisconsin. And I'm telling you, Ohio State is a lot better than we think they are, especially after watching that Illinois game. Uh, Ohio State is a seven-point underdog at home. Something I'm going to believe really believe about the Wisconsin team is they always play better as the season goes on. And I know Ohio State really wants to avenge last season's loss. Okay, all the money is going on Ohio State in this game. I really think Wisconsin gets it done. I'll take Wisconsin as a seven-point favorite at the horseshoe. Mm-hmm. Something I never thought I would ever say. All right, so, Wisconsin giving up seven in front of a hundred thousand plus. Very good. Yeah, and now another Uh-oh. road favorite, Uh-oh. a seven-point favorite. The Stanford Cardinal goes into USC. Everybody loves USC. They just dominated Notre Dame. Well, USC's been answering questions all week about why Matt Barkley Bar- was being an idiot, saying all that bad stuff about Notre Dame. Well, guess what? Uh, Stanford goes into USC and absolutely annihilates them. Wow. Stanford has the best offensive line in the game of football. They have the best quarterback. They've got... Five running backs that are all good, and they all have a different style. The USC gets, gives up 50 points in this wow. game. And if Stanford they do, if they out. do, people will talk about If that happens, people will talk about Stanford taking on the winner of LSU and Alabama for the national championship. Yeah, yeah, we're going to see what happens, like Oklahoma State, how their season shakes out, Coach. But I do think Stanford is an mm-hmm. underrated program right now okay. in terms of the unbeaten. Because we'll see what happens with Clemson, too. If Clemson goes into Georgia Tech and handles business, you can let's tip our hat to them, too. So, And before I take okay. up all the time, we do have to give our guy David Olsen yes. a couple minutes to make his NFL pick. Cleanup hitter. He's uh, hotter than a pistol. A little bump in the road last week, but still the hottest guy around. Uh, David Olsen, producer extraordinaire. Okay, game number one. Uh-oh. Uh, Houston no. at home is a nine-and-a-half point favorite Uh-oh. over Jacksonville. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, I'm taking Houston big oh! time in this one. Oh. Yeah, Jacksonville, they, blew, they <laughs> popped the bubble last week in their Monday night victory over Baltimore. They, Absol- absolutely, and they cannot put up points, and Houston can score, 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 score. Yeah. So uh-huh. I think that's it, going to be a cakewalk for Houston. Andre Johnson, time. the super receiver, questionable, right? He might play, might not. Yes, he's okay. questionable. Uh, game number two, Uh-oh. Detroit is favored by three at Don't Denver. Do Don't do it. Taking Detroit. Oh! <laughs> I, I, I think Tebow got lucky against a weak Miami defense last week. Uh, I know Detroit's a little banged up, too, but I think their defense is just going to tear Tim mm-hmm. Tebow apart. There is no chance that the fumble in Tim Tebow does not get a fumble forced against him by Andamakin Sue, who gets one every week. This, like. I'll be honest with you. It's, it's, I got afflicted by the Tebow effect because when I was making my pick, this was a sure bet, my second sure bet. I said, yeah, Detroit, and then I thought, ooh. You got the Tebow factor, and I backed off because of the Tebow factor, probably. Well, I, 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 that's why I'm okay. going with Detroit, is because okay. of the Tebow factor. Gotcha. So, by the way, yesterday, as someone was about to serve me a warrant, warrant, and I went right to the guy. <laughs> I got down on the knee and put my hand on my chin and my head over, hand over my head to like the Tim Tebow pose. The guy didn't hand me the warrant. He's like, I'm sorry, sir. And he walked away. <laughs> it okay, go ahead, David. I'm sorry. Okay, game number three. <laughs> Going back to one of the coaches' uh, games here. You and me always. Cincinnati at Seattle. Oh, no. And I'm taking Cincinnati wow. in this one. Wow. Oh, wow. I am taking Cincinnati in this one, even without Cedric Benson. Oh, 
That's how bad the Seahawks are. They have nothing on offense. They have nothing. On the road, David. I know. Wow, that's you're saying they're awfully bad. Seattle is bad. Seattle's bad. Seattle's bad. And I think Cincinnati's an up and coming team. So taking the Bengals in this one. There it is. Houston, Detroit, and Cincinnati. Big dog, another football Friday has come to a close. Um, game seven tonight, dog. That's all you got to say. Two of the best words in sports. Game seven. And uh, tonight I'll be uh, studying and writing. And watching. Not the, best, not the best thing. But you'll be watching again. I hope so. Hopefully I get it done. Come on, big dog. Have a good weekend. Stay out of trouble. I don't want to read about you in the crime report, okay? Then don't read the paper. <laughs> All right, we'll see you Monday at 10. Two guys at a mic, talkzone.com, signing off. Have a outstanding weekend, everybody.